This is Cross Hope with Randy Snyder. Cross Hope is broadcast daily and shares five minutes of hope and encouragement from the Word of God. Our companion website is www.crosshope.org. Now with today's uplifting message, here's Randy. Tell you a quick story. My big concern at the hospital a week ago, will we be able to fly to Germany if and when the opportunity presents itself? The doctor said, I think so. You'll be able to fly. So I'm on the phone FaceTiming with Elizabeth and the three kids from Germany. And I said, Elizabeth, the doctor says I can fly. And the youngest granddaughter, Anna, bent over and looked in the lens. She said, seriously, you can fly? (laughs) And I said, it's a wonder what they did for me, Anna. So I can fly. Pray together. Lord, bless us today as we worship you. We give you thanks for the privilege of being here. Thanks for the privilege of being in your presence and finding out you have a plan for our life that didn't start yesterday. And it doesn't end tomorrow. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Dr. James Howell is from North Carolina. He's a professor. He's a minister. And he wrote an interesting paragraph about his life. Here's what he said. God gives us fellowship and the privilege of being a part of something bigger than just my life. I learned this about my own life. Listen to what happened to him. When I look back, I see the ways that I've been a part of something larger than me, even at times that I didn't realize that I was. My sister fractured my skull with a baseball bat. Listen to that again. My sister fractured my skull with a baseball bat. My grandfather hollered amen from the choir loft when I was a kid, scared me to death. I met a girl from Colorado at a young life camp and married her. A dear friend of mine died of cystic fibrosis. I drove around with a crazy missionary in Lithuania, thought I'd be killed, and yet I watched her bless a wretchedly poor young mother. My children grew up, and I'm trying to let them grow. What James Howell was describing was a series of unrelated events. You know what that's like? Your life and mine. Your life and mine are a series of seemingly unrelated events, odd events that happen medically, physically, emotionally, maritally, friendship-wise, any educationally. And yet God is in control, I think, in overlooking and intending, get this, a plan that he has for your life. We're going to read a passage in Jeremiah that says God has a plan for your life to bless you. And you're going to find out that even though it's specifically not addressed to you or me, it's a measure of God's heart. It's a reflection of who God is. And God has a plan because His intention is for you good. It's in the book of Jeremiah. We're going through this book, The God with the Plan, Jeremiah 29 today, beginning at verse 11. I'll read it from the screen. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. 
then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. God says, I'll listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Well, this is a passage from Jeremiah that I believe reflects the character of the living God in your life and my life. It's not directed to you. It's not directed to me. God says, I want to give you a future and a hope. What a blessing. What a Christ. Now, there's controversy over the passage we're reading today. Some of you, this is referred to as a refrigerator verse. Do you know what I mean by that? Some of you may have this on your refrigerator, or you've had it on your refrigerator. And I hear people say, that has nothing to do with us. That's written to the southern kingdom, Judah, with its capital in Jerusalem. That's just not for us. And then other people say, oh, it's, it's so that I get a new car next Wednesday. God's got a plan for me to get a new house and a new car and a new boyfriend, a new girlfriend, whatever the case may be. It's not either extreme. It's a reflection of the heart of God. In the King James Version, it says this, For I know the thoughts I have for you. I looked up the word thoughts in the original, in the Hebrew, and it means intention. God intends a plan for your life that's bigger than you. Just like James Howell said, I went through all these series of crazy events, including my sister fracturing my skull with a baseball bat. I'd love to have been there to see what happened in that conversation. What went south? What went wrong? That she hit him with a baseball bat. But it's an, just an indication that God works in anything and everything that happens in our lives. On August 3rd, I think it was a Monday, just a week ago, a man died in Ireland by the name of John Hume, H-U-M-E. Most people in the United States have not a clue who he is. But unless you have some heritage in Ireland, you, you might know a little bit about him. You see, John Hume was a man who worked his entire life, born in 1937, but worked his entire life to bring peace and unity to Ireland between the Catholics and the Protestants. Do you remember the strife that used to go on there and terrorist attacks? When Elizabeth, our daughter, lived with her husband in Ireland before going to Germany in 2010, our grandson, our first grandchild, was born there in Dublin, Ireland. We were there. We rode the train to Belfast, Northern Ireland, and saw the remnants of what had happened years earlier in Northern Ireland. It was an amazing thing to experience just a little bit of what they were going through. Walking through a beautiful mall in Belfast, Ireland, three floors in a department store, all of a sudden we hear this announcement, everyone in the building evacuate immediately. We didn't think a thing about it. We thought maybe a fire alarm had gone off and Ann and I just walked out casually. But I saw young parents with small children clinging to them and they were running out the doors. And then it dawned on me. We found out later they found an abandoned briefcase in a department store called in the bomb squad. Turned out to be an abandoned briefcase and nothing more. But there was fear on the faces of people in 2010 because of the past. And John Hume was one of the people that worked to bring about peace and unity. 
And I love what one person said about him. He wore himself out in the cause of unity and peace. Here's my question. What are you wearing yourself out for? A person? What are you wearing yourself out? A job, a career, an education, whatever the case may be. Everybody wears out their life for someone or something. And all I'm saying today is God says, I've got a plan for your life. To bring you good in your life, to bless you. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. And we'll continue our message from Jeremiah 29 tomorrow, crossover.org. There are things that I'm willing to say publicly that I've never said privately to people. Some of you think, what, what are you talking about? There are times when I have conversations with people that I want to say something, but I don't. But I think it. Just like you do. You do the same thing. Can I tell you, or may I tell you what it is that I'm talking about? Many times over the years in counseling, I've had people say to me, Randy, I feel like God is millions of miles away from me. I feel like God is millions of miles away from me. Do you know what I've always thought of, but I've never said it to anybody personally? Maybe that's where you put him. Maybe it's because that's where you put him, a million miles away. I'm using it figuratively. They were using it figuratively, but I think there was some truth to that. And all I'm saying today is God says, I've got a plan for your life to bring you good in your life, to bless you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. That's the phrase in my version of the Bible, to give you a hope and a future. Here's a thought. If you're ever looking for something to pray for a son or daughter, whether they're grown or not, doesn't make any difference. They can be in their 50s and you can pray this prayer. God, give him a hope and a future. God, give my daughter a hope and a future. What does that mean? A future and a hope that's connected to the Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing else matters in life. Ultimately, if you and I don't have a hope and a future that's tied into the one who is the hope of eternity, the hope of heaven, his name is Jesus Christ. I rarely quote Charles Stanley, by the way, but I like Charles Stanley. He's on right before our radio program here locally, and he says this, the Lord has a plan for your life. He has a perfect will and a specific course in mind for you. However, many Christians are frightened of God's will. To them, the idea of a plan is not attractive because it requires faith in the Father. And while we are usually quick to believe God for someone else's needs, it's great for you to have a plan from God. But I got my own thing going, Lord. I'm doing my own thing. And he uses this analogy that I think is great. How many of you have a GPS either built into your car or a GPS on the dashboard? Raise your hand. Many of you do. Well, just a handful of you do. How do you people get around? He makes the point. I'll, I'll just read to you what Stanley says. It's a great quote about the GPS. In an age when even our cars can receive real-time, turn-by-turn directions from satellites floating high in space, 
why do so many of us resist that kind of guidance for our very life? Most likely it's because we want some advice about how to proceed, but prefer to do the driving ourselves. I love that. We want some advice how to proceed, but we'll do the driving ourselves. We may let God suggest where we should go, but we want to be the one who holds the wheel, the steering wheel. The Lord knows where you're going and how to get you there safely. Don't just trust Him with your final destination, heaven. Trust Him with every step of the journey. That's brilliantly written, I think, and it's powerfully shared. I want to suggest to you that God's got a plan for your life, as I mentioned in the prayer this morning, that didn't start yesterday and doesn't end tomorrow. He has a plan for your life, and it's the heart of God. This is a reflection of the heart of God that in verse 12, you will call upon me and come and pray to me. I will listen to you. I want to suggest to you that God's got a plan for your life, as I mentioned in the prayer this morning, that didn't start yesterday and doesn't end tomorrow. He has a plan for your life, and it's the heart of God. This is a reflection of the heart of God, that when we, in verse 12, you will call upon me and come and pray to me, I will listen to you. Verse 13, for you will seek me and find me when, listen to this, when you seek me with all your heart. When you seek me with all your heart. I don't know if any of you remember a movie out in, I think it was 2010, 10 years ago, called Avatar. It's a movie I never saw, made by James Cameron. It's the first movie I know of, and maybe the only movie that made $1 billion. Not, you know, millions, but $1 billion. It's about an imaginary place called Pandora. And did you know that CNN had a website where people could write in about their experiences of seeing the movie Avatar? And hundreds, if not a thousand or more people said they were so depressed because there wasn't a real place like Pandora. Isn't that interesting? They were depressed. In fact, one fan said, I wasn't depressed for myself, but in fact, the movie made me happy. But I can understand why it made people depressed. The movie was so beautiful and it showed something we don't have here on earth. I think people saw that we could be living in a completely different world and cause them to be depressed. Now, I find it interesting that a movie would cause people to have depression, even clinical depression, because of a place that didn't exist. When they could turn and find the Lord who said, I've got a plan for you. It involves Him. But you know, I can tell you right now what God's will for your life is, and I'm not, it's not because I'm the expert. It says this, God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You know who that is? You and me. God is not willing that anyone should perish, and that means hell, by the way. Perish means hell. That all should come to repentance, that's you. And I, I wondered about that. Why are so many people interested in, in Avatar, in the movie Avatar, and also in the place called Pandora? And I found it. I think it's Ecclesiastes 3.12 that says, God has planted the idea of eternity in the hearts of men and women. God has planted in you and in me 
the concept that there's something beyond this earth. There's something more to life than this life itself. There's something more than your experiences in life. And it has to do with coming to know the Lord God Almighty. Verse 14, if we could bring that up again. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. Now, the people of God were in captivity, but let me tell you something. There are plenty of people in captivity in 2020. And you know what I mean. People are captive to drugs and alcohol. People are captive to relationships. People are captive to bad habits in their life. You know people in your own life, in your own circle, who are held captive. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, and I'll bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. Listen carefully. Here's the lesson I take from that, not saying it exactly applies to you or me, but God can take you from where you used to be to where he wants you. God can take you from where you used to be in your past to where you can be in your present. Listen carefully. Here's the lesson I take from that. Not saying it exactly applies to you or me, but God can take you from where you used to be to where he wants you. God can take you from where you used to be in your past to where you can be in your present. God can take your marriage from where it was two years ago, three years ago, ten years ago, and bring you to a place where he wants that marriage to be. And you say, you really believe that? Yeah, I do. Because God is God. God is God. When I've used that illustration of God is a million miles away, where is God in your life? A thousand miles away? 50 miles away? If he's not in your heart, he might as well be a million miles away. Do you get that? If God is not in my life and in my heart and in my mind and my spirit, he might as well be a million miles away. God created you for a relationship with him. And it all has to do with a relationship to his son, Jesus Christ. I want to share this with you. It's written by a man I don't know. I think it's Michael Josephson is his name. Here it goes. It's a powerful piece. Ready or not, someday it will all come to an end. There will be no more sunrises, no minutes, hours, or days. All the things that you collected, whether treasured or forgotten, will pass to someone else. Did you know that? Everything's going to go to somebody else. Your wealth, your fame, your temporal power will shrivel to irrelevance. It won't matter what you owned or what you were owed. Your grudges, your resentments, your frustrations, your jealousies will finally disappear. So too, your hopes, ambitions, plans, and to-do lists will expire. The wins and losses that once seemed so important will fade away. It won't matter where you came from or what side of the tracks you lived on. In the end, it won't matter whether you were beautiful or brilliant, male or female. Even your skin color won't matter. So what will matter? How will the value of your days be measured? What will matter is not what you bought, but what you built. Not what you got, but what you gave. 
What will matter is not your success, but your significance. What will matter is not what you learn, but what you taught. What will matter is every act of integrity, compassion, courage, or sacrifice that enriched, empowered, or encouraged others. Listen to this. What will matter is not your competence, but your character. What will matter is not your competence, but your character. What will matter is not how many people you knew, but how many you feel will feel a lasting loss when you're gone. What will matter is not your memories, but the memories that live on in those who loved you. Living a life that matters doesn't happen by accident. It's not a matter of circumstances, but of choice. Choose a life that matters. Choose a life with Christ. Just think with me for just a theoretical moment. If God has a plan for your life, would you at least be curious to find out what it is? If God has an intention for your life, and that's what the word thought means, that these are the thoughts I have, intentions for your life, wouldn't it be at least interesting to find out? I think so. The more you yield of your life, your heart, and your spirit to the Lord, I think the more God reveals to you and to me. I really believe that. That as you yield your life and say, Lord, take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. You've been listening to Cross Hope with Randy Snyder. For more information about this ministry or to re-listen to any message heard on this broadcast, go to our website at crosshope.org. Be sure to join us at this same time each weekday or listen at www.crosshope.org. Cross Hope is listener-supported and is produced by Cross Hope Ministries, Incorporated.